The following is a CA original. Pouncer, the Palm Squad. Pre- and post-game parties on Beale Street. It's all part of the Memphis Tigers basketball game day experience. This is the Tiger Basketball Podcast. What's happening, Tiger basketball fans? We are back after a long hiatus for another Tiger Basketball Podcast. I'm Mark Giannato. Sports columnist for the Commercial Appeal. I'm joined by our Tiger basketball beat writer, Jason Munns. Oh boy, a lot happened since the last time we spoke. Um, so much. One of the great off-seasons, certainly in Memphis basketball history. Um, maybe even in college basketball history. Uh, just took place. Uh, Penny Hardaway... Um, transforming the Memphis basketball program coming off that NIT title. Uh, he loses, you know, four pretty big impact players in DJ Jeffries, Boogie Ellis, Musa Cisse, and Damian Baugh to the transfer portal, but then goes out and pulls a potential first round pick off the transfer wire or the transfer portal in Earl Timberlake. Uh, grabs an impact transfer with a, a famous name in Memphis circles in Chandler Lawson, um, pulls in what we thought was just going to be a top 15 recruiting class uh, with Jonathan Lawson, uh, John Camden, Josh Minot, Sam Onu. Um, then transforms his coaching staff after Tony Madlock leaves for South Carolina State Gets Larry Brown, maybe the greatest college basketball assistant coach ever. Or I guess maybe greatest is not the right word. The most accomplished college basketball assistant yeah. of all time, perhaps. Most uh, decorated. Yeah, most decorated. Um, then he gets a commitment from Jalen Duran, the number one recruit in the 2022 recruiting class, who then reclassifies to join the team right away. Then... He gets Rasheed Wallace to join his staff. And then finally last week, he gets Amani Bates, the number two player from the 2022 recruiting class, but a player who a lot of people think was probably the number one player in that class and has been compared to Kevin Durant in the past, um, a trans potentially transcendent basketball prospect. So um, completely has transformed the program it is back to being a team that uh, folks, a lot of folks seem to think will be ranked in the top 10 in the preseason. Um, just so much excitement and anticipation and intrigue surrounding Memphis basketball again. And oh, by the way, they return a nice little nucleus of DeAndre Williams, Lester Quinones, Landers Nolly, and Alex Lomax. And and it was such a it's it was such an eventful offseason. Like for instance, Tyler Harris returning to the program is really just a footnote. Um, it's just wild what has happened. When you digest it all, Jason, what like what to you? Uh, like how amazing is it? like like if you think back to that, you know, the day the day or two after the NIT title when DJ Damian Ball and Boogie Ellis all transferred rapid fire, and you wondered, man, what are you know? It's not the end of the world, but like, what is this program going to do to move forward um, to now where we are now, where they've not only moved forward, they have 
upgraded the roster, upgraded the coaching staff, and upgraded everyone's expectations. Um, what do you make of what, what Penny Hardaway pulled off? Serious question, Mark. You ready? Yeah. Serious question. Do you remember when we went out to the Earth Day, when you and I were out there at that Earth Day thing, when Penny Hardaway had, uh, he, like, he was out. out trash? Yeah, they were like out in their um in their in their neon vests and they were talking about uh you know cleaning up uh campus and things like that and they were picking up trash around campus and that was the day that Chandler and Jonathan Lawson yeah uh Chandler and Jonathan Lawson committed yeah and and that was like the story of the off season mm-hmm. like well that, in that moment sure <laughs> yeah, like that was that was at the time it was like well it was still the honestly even when you added those guys the story of the offseason was man they lost like these pretty big impact players. Well, but see also around that time it I believe it was around that time that you know Landers Nolly puts out his social media graphic saying he's coming back. Uh DeAndre Williams puts out his statement on social media that he's coming back and it was like okay, they've got the Lawson brothers um they've got earl timberlake uh coming in um you know the 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 part of the band is getting back together and coming back it was just like it was just like that there was a there was a point in time where that was the big major you know that was the sort of the high point. There was a, there was a high point before Jalen Duran and Amani Bates, and that was it. And it was and that was that is that like you said, you you brought up Tyler Harris. I mean, those were high points, but they really I don't want to say they pale in comparison to what's happened over the last month with with Larry Brown and Jalen Duran and Rasheed Wallace and Amani Bates, but it, but they kind of do and. And that just to me underscores what this offseason has been uh, for Memphis basketball, for Penny Hardaway. I, I, it just um, – and the other thing, it, you know, we're talking about this nucleus that's coming back with Lester and DeAndre and 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 Alo and, and Landers. I mean, we're not even talking about Cody Topper. I mean, we, we've spent so much time talking about the nucleus and, uh, the, the, you know, Landers Nolly and Deandre Williams and Alex Lomax, um, and, and, and those guys coming back. But I think, I think Cody Topper deserves to be in that conversation as well. I mean, he's going into his third season, um, under Penny Hardaway as an assistant coach. He's been very good, uh, for this program in his time here. And yeah, like I said, I think he deserves to be in that same conversation as, as those other guys as part of the nucleus that's coming back. Well, and well, and here's the other thing is it almost feels like it's two different off seasons, pre name image and likeness and post name image and likeness, because before the name image and likeness rules changed on July 1st, you saw Penny had a different strategy to rebuilding this roster. He was going after transfers like Earl Timberlake and Chandler Lawson. And, oh, by the way, we're forgetting Davion Warren, who was signed here initially uh, from Hampton University. Um, and he went after that Devontae Warren, I think was his name. He ended up with the Coastal Carolina kid who ended up at Michigan. Um, I'm forgetting his name. Maybe Devontae Smith was his name. Um, 
look it up. Yeah, yeah. Devontae Devontae Warren? That sounds is that right? Uh, let's see. Demonte. Isn't it Demonte? And now I gotta now I gotta know his name. Um I gotta look it up. Hold on. But but basically the point is is that yeah, that's what it is. Devontae Jones, uh, the Sunbelt Player of the Year, who then ended up picking Michigan. But you saw Penny was like, all right, I've got this veteran core. I'm going to add some other veteran pieces around them and go for it that way with a bunch of transfers. Like, that's what it seemed like his strategy was. I'm going to replace my transfers with other transfers. And then he got Earl Timberlake. And he got Chandler Lawson. He got Davion Warren briefly. Um, and then Davion Warren backed out. Um, but then when July 1st arrived and the NCAA said, you know what? You can start these players. We're, we're, out, of the, we're out of the enforcement business when it comes to players getting paid, thankfully. Um, and, you know, the Supreme Court case went down and, and basically, the NCA you know, threw up the white flag, and these kids could start making money off their name, image, and likeness. Penny got super aggressive, and I think has at least initially proven to be the best coach in the country in terms of taking advantage of these name, image, and likeness rules. Um, he'll downplay it, like yes, when he spoke to the media this week about Jalen Duran and. Amani Bates and you know he he downplayed it. He said, you know, name image likeness is great. Like he didn't he, he acknowledged that it's keeping kids in college basketball that maybe wouldn't have gone maybe wouldn't have stayed in college basketball like, you know, what happened with Jalen Green a couple years ago. But his his message was, you know, ultimately with Jalen and Amani, this was about his relationships with them and their people more than name image and likeness and I would just say that's fine if he wants to say that, and that's probably the smart thing. To say. The reality is Jalen Dern and Imani Bates aren't coming to Memphis without the new name, image, and likeness rules. And Memphis, and I think Penny realized this quickly and took advantage of it quickly, is uniquely positioned to be a beneficiary of these new rules because of how passionate and obsessed, and I say obsessed in a nice way, Memphis is with Memphis basketball. There are a lot of people in this town who will do um, whatever they can to help Memphis basketball. And it used to be that had to all be done under the table. It all had to be done, you know, hush, hush, whatever. Um, now, doing whatever you can for the program can be done above board through name, image, and likeness. And there just aren't many places in the country that value their college basketball team like Memphis values its college basketball team. And there's nobody in no t nowhere in the country where there's a coach like Penny Hardaway who inspires people the way Penny does Memphians. Like people in Memphis want to help Penny because Penny has given back so much to this city and chose, you know, chose to come back after, after he became world, world famous, he came back, um, and, and has made it his mission to help Memphis and help Memphis basketball. And all those things go hand in hand to creating the way I phrased it in my column today, the most audacious off season in college basketball this year. 
I mean, they they Memphis went for it, and the, and it. What's amazing is they got it all. Like they they like they didn't like the the last time Memphis missed was on that kid who went to Michigan from Coastal Carolina. Like they've everyone everything that could have happened, like everything Penny probably dreamed up in his head on July first when name, image, and likeness rules change. Getting Larry Brown, getting an NBA guy, another NBA guy on staff, and Rasheed Wallace, getting Amani Bates and Jan Jordan. It all happened. It all came true, um, and it's a credit to it's a credit to Penny Hardaway. I think it's all it all all roads lead back to him in terms of what Memphis got done this off season. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that, you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, Larry Brown uh, essentially. You know, I mean, he was he was in place before uh, the NIL era began. Remember, remember, it was like a domino in that Penny interviewed for the Orlando Magic job, and then basically just as soon as that happened, and that weekend where that occurred, where he inter- he got reported that he interviewed for the job, then there was like forty eight hours of a little anxiousness because. Sham Sharania reported he was a lead can leading candidate when in reality he probably never was. Um, but Penny wisely used it to his again, used it to his advantage, uh, played his cards right. And, you know, it may have been just a coincidence, but the reality was just as soon as Penny took his name out of the running for the Orlando Magic job, reports surfaced that Larry Brown had officially been hired. Or had been, you know, had been hired. Yeah, June twenty seventh, uh, the report of Penny being a serious candidate comes out. June 29th, he posts on Instagram, "I'm going to be here. Don't worry about it." That's when the Larry Brown reports come out. Two days, two three days after that, the NIL era begins, um, and that's yeah. I mean, July eighth is when Larry Brown showed up on the Zoom call where, and you know, in Penny's office where in the Memphis gear to accept the Chuck Daly Lifetime Achievement Award. Um, it all happened really, really fast. Um, you know, and then fast forward to July 23rd, that's when Imani Bates narrows his options down to eight. And uh, Peach Jam Championship, Jalen Duran wins that with Team Final on July 25th. It just, uh, that month of July and the month of August, you know, might that might be a stretch that kind of goes down in Memphis basketball lore. I mean, it, it could be that, that that is a among the most maybe five, three most significant turning points in the history of the program, potentially. I mean, who knows what well, it, happens? Yeah, it all. I mean, honestly, and, and this is a good segue into what I want to talk about next, it really depends what this group does. I mean, yeah. ultimately, if this is just a team that, you know, goes 26 and five and loses in the second round of the NCAA tournament, then not, it's not going to be remembered like that. If this is the team we remember, you know, if they make a run to the elite eight or the go to the final four or something like that, then yeah, I think you're right. You start thinking about the sequence of events and, and what they mean for the history of the program. It's, you know, cause this feels like it, I mean, it should be the season where Penny plants his flag, so to speak. Um, you know, he hasn't had that signature season. This should be a signature Penny Hardaway season. 
And since this has all happened, we've seen the familiar narrative of, you know, pressure's on Penny now. You know, he got all these guys. He's got pretty much everything you could ask for. Um, now it's time for to get some results. And they're right. Um, I would just say, you know, the, the caveat always is it's just different in Memphis when it comes to Penny Hardaway. Like if even do I think he'd get fired if this team missed the NCAA tournament somehow? No, I don't think he would get fired. I think people would be upset, and I think he'd be upset, and I think it'd be like a disaster, but I don't think he'd get fired. So um, there's pressure, but it's not the same type of pressure as, say, like Tom Crean has at Georgia entering his year four. You know, like Tom Crean's got to make the NCAA tournament or he's going to get fired probably. Um, It's just not the same for Penny given his relationship with the school and the city uh, and who he is. But – I, I would say that, you know, ultimately, you, and I think Penny would say this too, you know, you don't do all this to like just have a another, just a regular run of the mill year. Uh, you do all this because you want to have a spectacular year. And I found it interesting when Penny spoke to the media this week um, and towards the end of his session, he was asked, you know, famously two years ago, after he got that number one recruiting class with Wiseman and Precious Achua and all that, you know, he said that, you know, this is Memphis. We don't bluff. We want all the smoke. And he was, and then, and all this, and they really embraced that, you know, uh, before why the whole Wiseman thing went down, they really embraced wanting all the smoke. Um, it was like the theme of Memphis madness that year. Um, and he was asked about it again. And, I don't think he was as he was not as emphatic as two years ago. Not as didn't have the same sort of catchphrase as two years ago, but said, I'm never gonna back down from a statement like that. And in fact, this year I feel even more confident because they have these veteran players. Um, and so, you know, he's expecting a lot, frankly. And he should. Um, but I don't know. I I got the sense the way he's approaching it is not we want all the smoke as much as we know we're going to go prove it this year. That's what I took from what he said yesterday. Like, I'm confident with this roster and we're going to go prove it. I think it's actually a slight – he's taken a slightly different stance even though he's saying he's not backing down from we want all the smoke. I think it's more just a confidence of this year we're going to go prove it. Yeah, and well, and and wouldn't I mean you would feel confident? Most anybody would feel confident now. I mean, I think the biggest key to this whole thing is Larry Brown. That's that's where I am on on all of this. I mean, I mean, yes, Amani Bates and Jalen Duran, they're going to grab the headlines. They're going to be, you know, they're 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 going to be the most tangible thing. But Memphis. Under Penny Hardaway has been one of the best defensive teams in the country. Offense has been the the issue since he got here. I mean, outside of I guess his first season, they were they were okay offensively, largely due to Jeremiah Martin. Um, but the last two years have been a struggle offensively. Well, that's Larry Brown's specialty, and um, you know if you can if you can main you can stay that great defensive team which there's no reason to think they won't. And you can turn the the same team into a really, really good offensive team. Well, then you've got something. And I think that's, uh, you know, Penny's confidence is coming from a, from that 
place. It's coming from the the notion that we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be overwhelming on both sides of the ball, and uh, and and who, who's who can blame him for for feeling that way? I mean, frankly, I would be you know anybody would be confident, um, you know, kind of knowing what Penny knows at this stage, and so yeah, I mean. Do they have? Yes, obviously they have to go out and they have to do it. They put together a pretty nice schedule. Um, it sounds like Penny wanted it. It's not as nice as Penny wanted it to be. He said he was still hoping for yesterday when we talked to him. He said he was still kind of hoping or or wished that he could get one more um, sort of big name opponent to come to FedEx Forum. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. He said I expect it to be a low major buy game that's going to fall somewhere in the in, in on the calendar in december um yes yeah, you know I, it's, they, it's they, still a it's still a pretty like i i you know since i've been here in 2017 i'd argue it's probably their best non-conference schedule since then i mean you look at it you start the year with tennessee tech on november 9th then you get north carolina central on the 13th but then back to back to back, you got St. Louis at home, a pretty a team that was good, uh, a good Atlantic 10 team last year. You get Western Kentucky at home, a team that beat you last year. You get Virginia Tech in Brooklyn, a team that's expected to be an NCAA tournament team. Then you play either Iowa State or Xavier in the second game of that Brooklyn event. Then you go at Georgia on December 1st, at Ole Miss December 4th. Murray State on December 10th or 11th, the, the John Morant special. Um, and then you get Alabama at home on December 14th and Tennessee in Nashville December 18th. So that's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games in a row where you know Memphis will probably be favored in most of them. Maybe the Alabama or Tennessee game they're not favored but probably are in both of those two, but also nine games where, you know, seven of them, you know, there's a scenario where Memphis could lose the game if they don't play well, you know, like it's, it's a challenging, uh, it's challenging enough. Um, And especially the Alabama game is going to be a marquee game and the Tennessee game is going to be a marquee game. Um, And then you go into your conference slate. And, And I would just say, you know, as we, we, as we know from previous years in the AC, you know, you got you got to if you want if you if you're thinking Memphis is going to get a 1 or 2 or 3 seed in the NCAA tournament, you got to win the Tennessee and Alabama game because there's not going to be that many chances in conference play outside of Houston to get marquee wins. So, um it'll be interesting, but let's wrap it up like this. We'll have lots of time to talk about all of this uh, as we lead into the season, but I want to get, Jason, your first stab at what the starting lineup will look like on open, when, when Memphis starts the season. Now that we know who this roster, what this roster looks like, I, you know, who knows what it'll end up becoming. But what's your guess on the starting lineup right now, today? All right. Well, so Penny took, took any and all, whatever mystery was still there. Um, regarding the point guard spot, uh, he he took that right out of the you know he he vanquished that uh, yesterday when he said I, I asked him about 
the plans for Imani Bates to to handle point guard duties. He says, yeah, he wants to run the point and wants me to teach him how to play the point. I don't think that's a bad thing. You're okay with putting the ball in his hands because he's built for that. Uh, what was the rest of the quote? He said, um, we'll start off putting the ball in his hands and rolling with it. Let's go. All right. So that's no mystery there. Uh, Imani Bates at point guard. Um, the rest of it to me is going to look like this. Uh, Landers Nolly, Lester Quinones, DeAndre Williams, and Jalen Duran. Mm-hmm. Is that the lineup that's going to play the most minutes? Are those the five guys that are going to play the most minutes per game? Feels like it. Feels like it probably will be. Um, but is that the lineup? Is that going to be the lineup every night? I doubt it. I mean, Penny's got the luxury now with the amount of depth that he has to mix and match and play matchups. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. But but to me, Tennessee Tech, November 9th, that's your starting five. I, I actually I agree with you. I think you you start the three veterans and then the two freshmen. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important for the, you know, we talk about like talent is not going to be the issue this year um, at all. Uh, on Based on talent, they should frankly probably win every game on their schedule. Um, maybe the Alabama game is the only, Alabama is the one team that's a top 15 preseason team on their schedule. So like on paper, you know, like maybe the at Houston and the Alabama game are the only two where you could go, well, maybe that talent-wise, maybe, you know, just because winning at Houston is so difficult. But um, chemistry is going to be a huge factor in this season. It was a huge factor in last season when you didn't even have this many uh, pieces in place. And I frankly feel for the chemistry of the team initially – it's important that those three guys who have done it at Memphis before, Lester, DeAndre, and Landers, the three guys who were key parts of the NIT championship run, I think it's important that they start. I mean, Lester's basically been a starter every game he's been healthy at Memphis. So I don't see any reason why he's not starting. Landers Nolly spreads the floor with his shot, but also was like, he was a leading scorer last year. So like, uh, you know, I know some people have said, well, maybe have Earl in the lineup, starting lineup instead of him, which is fine. Um, But I would just say, you know, like you should reward Landers for the season he had last year, at least initially. Um, And then DeAndre was the most important player on the team last year, it felt like. So obviously he's got to start. Um, and he might be end up being the most important player on this year's team too, um, given all the different things he does and his 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 age. I mean, he's like going to be forty eight this season, um, and you know, no, he's going to be twenty four. But in twenty, it turns twenty five. Um, but I think it's important for the chemistry. And then you know, you have the added factor of we don't know how what Earl Timberlake's going to look like. One, because he's only played seven college games. Not to diminish his talent. He's a projected first-round pick in by ESPN. But because, you know, he's been injured. And, you know, frankly, I don't think, you know, when Penny was asked about him yesterday, or earlier this week, uh, the quote he gave wasn't exactly a resounding, he's 100% and fully, you know, you know, back to being the Earl we full, you know, we expect to have, it was he's progressing well and he can't wait to get out on the court. 
Now, I don't know if that meant like he can't wait for practice to start or he's not participating in preseason in parts of the preseason workout. I, you know, read into that what you will. I don't know exactly what Penny meant there. He was not asked to follow up on it or there was no chance to ask him a follow up on it. But um, given all of that, doesn't it seem like, you know, like ultimately, you know, it seems like it'd be good to maybe ease him into things off the bench initially. Um, so I'm with you. That's my, my, my read is at least to start the season, you go with Amani Bates at the one Jalen Durant at the five Landers and, uh, Lester is your wings and Deandre Williams as your four, but the, the, and then, and then by the way, you look at the two deep, if you will, you still got Earl Timberlake, you still got Chandler Lawson, you still have, Alex Lomax, you still have Josh Minot, a top 50 recruit who's not even getting talked about because of what's happened. Um, you know, Tyler Harris is a guy who's, you know, won games for Memphis in the past, might not even crack the rotation. Um, it's just, they're crazy deep. Malcolm Dandridge, guy, you know, guys who have played meaningful minutes are going to be battling just to play five or 10 minutes on this team. And, um, that's one, but that's a luxury. It's also going to be something that's, you know, internally going to be among the tougher things to deal with this offseason, this season is the chemistry factor of the fact that you've got so much talent, but um, good problem to have, especially right now. It's a, uh, it's been true. I mean, honestly, it's been truly amazing how the last few months have played out for Memphis basketball. I, I cannot, I'm sure fans can't wait for the season start season start I can't wait to cover the season it's like you know whatever ends up happening this season good or bad frankly it is just going to be it's one of the best stories in all of college basketball arguably I mean the only one I can only storyline I think is better than this one in college basketball or potentially better I would say is coach if like coach K and Duke are awesome and this is you know he's going on his retirement tour but, like, if Memphis is great this year, if Memphis is as good as it seems like they can be this year, it is going to be the one. It, it, it will be the biggest story in college basketball, I think. That, that's my prediction. If they are as good, as, if they are a top 10 team the entire year, the, with all the different characters Penny, Larry Brown, Rashid, Amani Bates, Jalen Duran, Memphis as a whole, the city, how crazy we can get about Memphis basketball. I think it'll be the biggest story in college basketball. All I ask is that it's not boring, and I don't think it will be. I, I don't. So I, here's my guarantee: there's no way it can be boring. Even yeah. like even if, if it goes off the rails, the the, the off chance it goes off the rails, that won't be boring. And right. uh, you know, if it's if it's as good as what it seems like on paper, that ain't gonna be boring. That is gonna be as exciting as as any sports story we've seen in a long time here in Memphis yeah. and frankly nationally. So let's let yeah, let's uh we got what 10 weeks from yesterday is okay. when uh is when the regular season starts. They they start their first uh, exhibition game is October 24th. Um so that's still a little ways away, but uh yeah, it's it's bearing down on us. Um so buckle up. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. We'll have tons of coverage up at commercialpeel.com. Muns is is uh, cranking out stuff every day. Uh, I'm writing columns. We'll be doing podcasts regularly from here on out. 
Um, just there's so much to talk about, so much to write about, so much for you to read about. I hope you'll check it out over at commercialappeal.com. But till next time, I was Mark. I was joined by Jason. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. What do they have in store for us next? I don't know. We'll chronicle it, though. Tiger Football Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.